Hi, I'm Chris Sabat, and you're listening to Byte. Hey there, how's it going everyone? That's right, if you're hearing my voice, it is another fantastic episode of the Anime A-Team, the only anime podcast broadcast throughout the land between here and Japan and whatever happens in between there in uh, in France, because a lot of <laughs> stuff happens in France. We'll, we'll get into that soon enough. So uh, this episode we're talking about... Uh, Western influence on anime and anime's influence on Western animation, kind of the two main things that we cover here and where they intersect and sometimes win and sometimes fail horrendously so that we can have something to make fun of for all time. I'm your host, Daily Wilhelm. Joining me today is the lovely Cora Wilson and the wonderful Adam Sellers, who is still working on a title after the guy dropped. The guy did drop. We, we got we to gotta find another one. <laughs> eventually oh well maybe we'll do some soul searching here on this episode uh who knows if not uh i'm sure something will come to you eventually but so uh obviously as prolific as anime is it's kind of unstoppable especially for people who are interested in animation to not be aware of it and i think this very much includes people who want to become animators or people who already are animators so I, I don't think it's wrong of them to take a page out of anime's book and utilize it in their own art. Uh, and I think that works out really well sometimes, as we have seen with one of our favorite series of all time, Avatar The Last Airbender. <gasps> yeah. Oh, my baby. Yeah. Oh, what? Not your favorite series? Well, here's the thing, and this is where I, com- where I commit my ultimate sin on the show. I have never seen Avatar The Last Airbender. Oh, my get out gods <laughs> get out right now i'm sorry yeah. leave leave this I, place this is my like, uh, I, this like, is m- hey there's my new title the sinner the sinner <laughs> i can Adam understand if someone hasn't yes. seen avatar i remember um seeing a couple adverts on it you know because it started way back in 2005 so of right. course you know right before middle school for most people my age and so it was just like oh hey there's this cartoon that's coming out and you know it it was it, it was it was such a good cartoon though for the time yeah like it roped you in it wasn't over compli- overly complicated and it was it's such beautiful amazing animation i i can't get over michael and brian's amazing art in that series yeah we had a uh, brian konietzko come to ball state mm-hmm. uh, a couple years back and i went to that and i was just like this is him he created my childhood practically <laughs> yeah uh and he did that in a way that later fostered my love for anime because I think when I was younger and first watching Avatar Last Airbender, I didn't realize that like the stuff that I had watched before, like Dragon Ball Z oh, and yeah. Rionin Kenshin and uh, Yu Yu Hakusho, I didn't realize that originally that was in the Japanese language. Yeah. I was just like, it's all cartoons. It's mm-hmm. all coming from the same place, right? Yeah. But, I feel like there's a lot of people men- mentality before they realize that there's that split. Yeah, before you get into subs versus dubs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just kind of lumped uh, Avatar in with, you know, like these really great cartoons. They're so good. They're so much different than uh, any other cartoons on television at the moment. And um, I think Avatar definitely benefited from, like, utilizing the anime style in setting itself apart from... Uh, being it's not just slapstick it's not just aimed at kids necessarily even it's like this really complicated (laughs) storyline and really adult issues dealt with in a really interesting and fun way oftentimes and it was really funny i remember one uh one night before going to some sort of dinner family function um, I was watching an episode of Avatar, and it was the Cave of Two Lovers episode, and where uh, the they basically meet up with a bunch of hippies, and they go they have to go through these caves, and he sings, and oh, poor Sokka hits himself I don't know how many times, and 
I was watching it, and that was when my mom first saw the uh, series, and she was like, "What are What are you watching?" I'm like, "Oh, it's it's Avatar: The Last Airbender," and we ended up staying and watching the entire episode before even going out to where wherever we had to go. And then I kid you not, the la- the next week she had bought the full DVD set yes. of the first series. Best and mom then, ever. <laughs> and then ended up buying the full like series when it came out because it she just loved it because it because you're right it wasn't kiddish it like it had kid things in it but it also has a lot of adult themes and lessons in there yeah. as well which is just beautiful writing on their part it really appeals to a wider audience mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i feel like you can tell that right off the bat because of the animation style because it's not uh it, a lot more detail is put into not only character designs, but especially background designs. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of uh, cartoons that are especially just being like, this is not going to appeal to adults, get, I guess, lazy. Because they're like, kids aren't going to be concerned with whether or not we watercolored in the background or uh, try to be consistent with what was happening in the background. Um, so it was really interesting then that Avatar was on Nick because... I almost feel like it would have fit more on, like, Cartoon Network because later on, I think it was uh, it was either 2004 or 2005, which we know Avatar came out in 2005, but then uh, Nick had Teen Titans, mm-hmm. which was... Cartoon Network had Teen Titans. Right. Cartoon Network. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah. Thank you, the sinner. Uh, <laughs> hey, I watched Teen Titans. Yeah. So Some Teen of Titans. your sin is now gone. Mm-hmm. Your, your sins have been wiped away. Thank you're, you. You're only half sinning. Yeah. <laughs> only a little bit. But <laughs> only on a Sunday. Yeah, on a Sunday. Yeah, Sunday uh, when it comes on Netflix or something. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Teen Titans obviously very much uh, tries to utilize the anime style mm-hmm. at the same time. I mean, yeah. depending on what episode you watch, I don't know if it would just switch between episodes or if it was only if you watched it at a certain place. But uh, they had the Japanese uh, theme song. Uh, I always yeah, remember that being the theme song. That's always something that I always noticed whenever, like, uh, Teen Titans was on. I said, like, sometimes it would be the, when there's trouble, you know who to call. And it'd be like, yeah, I'm ready. And then it'd just be the, and then some other episode would be the Japanese theme song. And I'd be like, this is weird, but I'll keep watching. Yeah, I never like they really... would mix them. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. yeah, I never really understood why, but I was like... I'm down. It was really I'm catchy. Down. I just did. I didn't care. It was really catchy. Probably just to keep the anime aesthetic, probably. Yeah, and it it definitely works. So both Avatar and Teen Titans are kind of those like basic knowledge of anime animations where it's mm-hmm. like sweat drops happen, overblown like heads happen. It's at least. Yeah. A, I feel like it's at least a quintessential yeah. sort of Western anime. Yeah, I mean, a lot of anime now doesn't utilize as many like anger marks or sweat Mm-mm. drops yeah. it's definitely moved away from that but at the time it was definitely uh you know showing where its influence was from um and i think teen titans so along with avatar teen titans focused on so many heavy issues heavy heavy issues without without you even like realizing it which is i think is such a a hard thing to achieve in an anime western or eastern um i feel like addressing those themes while still remaining sort of in the more uh, not childish but you know like lighthearted ch- lighthearted spectrum is so hard to achieve but when you watch it no matter what age you you get that and yeah. it's it's so beautiful like having <laughs> one moment where we're talking about a giant mushroom mm-hmm. it's a friendly mushroom <laughs> giant to, mushroom yeah. giant, to, giant happy slug monster yeah to <laughs> going over and talking about like themes of like death and like your friends dying and how Mm -hmm. are you supposed to deal with that or how are you supposed to deal with like your quote unquote destiny in the case of uh avatar Um, you're 12 save the world you're 12 yeah (laughs) that's another thing is like everyone teen titans was uh they were aged up a little bit because Mm -hmm. they were teens so they at least had to be 13 if you go by those rules if you're 12 you're not allowed in the club you're not allowed (laughs) in the club yeah no 12 year olds Mm -mm. you're too young uh but uh teen titans was just really really deep and good and the animation style really helped that along because they were able to do really fantastical things because it's like kids with superpowers 
Um, so why wouldn't they also have like anime sweat drops or become chibis at some point or another? Yeah, my favorite Teen Titans episodes were always either like one side or the other. Like on one side, my favorites were the really surreal kind of wacky animation fun episodes. And on the other side, you got any episode with Slade basically. It was like one of the coolest <laughs> cartoon was... villains ever kind of terrifying i remember him even as a kid being like i don't like his. What was, this i remember always me... thinking that slade was somehow related to robin because i didn't understand slade's fasc- fascination with robin at all like i still question that right i <laughs> guess it's supposed to be I'm, I'm really... the connection with batman i because I, I remember one episode slade had basically said something along the lines of well i am your father now and and it was i just remember laughing because robin just looking at the camera like i already have a father and bats just fly out i'm like ooh, batman <laughs> yeah. I, I just i really like slade because a he was very enigmatic there wasn't a lot you knew about him and mm-hmm. like one episode might it's like bring up a lot of questions and another question and another episode will bring up new questions that yeah. and he was voiced by uh, Ron Perlman. Yes. Oh yeah, Ron yeah. Perlman. I also really liked um, how they focused on uh, Cyborg, Starfire, and Raven. They kind of focused on a lot of minority sort of problems, like yeah. Raven being basically parentless and having to deal with like this this darkness and having to like keep herself in check, and then Starfire being basically an immigrant. Yeah. And like having to explain all these things about our culture and why this isn't okay and why that isn't okay. And of course, cyborg being, you know, a black cyborg and representing that, those problems of, of, um, African-Americans and, you know, people of color. People who are half robot. (laughs) And half robot (laughs) and having to deal with like that. There was a particular conversation at one point that occurred and it was between Starfire and Cyborg. And it was like, uh, he called her something that he heard another uh, person, alien. another yeah. alien call Starfire. And she was like, how dare you? And it's like, what? They called you that? And it's like, calling me that is like calling me like worthless or mm-hmm. whatever. And it's something that's done between our people. And it's like, do you understand that? And he's like, of course I understand. <laughs> and what I've seen is some translations, or not translations, because it's originally in English. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in some screen caps, it has... Him saying, of course I understand I'm black, which makes the most sense. (laughs) But then other times it's, of course I understand I'm half robot. Yeah. (laughs) Which less understanding, but probably more acceptable to be on television for kids. Both are acceptable. Mm -hmm. Definitely. But so uh, a lot of the creators, so specifically the creators of uh, The Last Airbender and uh, Teen Titans have admitted that they're very much influenced by uh, Miyazaki in particular. So all the Ghibli productions was a big inspiration for the style that they were trying to go for. Who isn't inspired by Miyazaki? Exactly. I mean, Miyazaki is, like, iconic. Yeah, I just think that uh, we should recognize that anime has such a far-reaching grasp, especially Mm -hmm. when it comes to people who are trying to make animation. Why wouldn't you model off of that? So, and if I remember correctly, uh, the, the the guys who made uh, like the Powerpuff Girls were also into anime at the time when they yeah. made it. Yeah, I can so, imagine giant monsters destroying the city. And, and yeah. there's uh, like that magical girl sort of thing going on. Yeah, definitely. Which yeah, because because didn't we'll didn't that. Powerpuff yeah. Girls come out a little bit after Sailor Moon? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sailor Moon was uh, late '90s. Yeah, so, and then Powerpuff, Powerpuff Girls, Girls were like 2000. Well, like three? mid late '90s to early 2000s. Yeah, probably later '90s, early 2000s. Ninety kids, '90s kids remember. Ninety babes, ninety babes. <laughs> but uh, so, and now we have those uh, Avatar: Last Airbender and Teen Titans are over at this point, including Korra, although. Maybe we'll eventually get more out Maybe. of that. Maybe. I've, I've heard rumors that they might do like a twin thing. That would be neat. But I don't know if they would with how the last episode of Korra went. Right. And also <laughs> the fact that they weren't even airing it on television. They were just like, here, it's up on the site. There you go. Which, which was extremely weird through mid-season for Nickelodeon to just be like, all right, it's, it's online now. Yeah. Because even though, because a lot of um, kids that grew up watching Avatar, you know, were, of course, older, um, Avatar purists <laughs> is, is something <laughs> that I've heard. Oh, yeah. Um, 
but you know it was still very popular like watched um on actual television like right. not a lot of shows are nowadays and i never understood why nick would do that and the only thing that i can think of is the ending of cora is yeah. why they took it off air yeah well, they didn't take it off air. They right, still aired they it, still. but it was online. But the, And then there's been the hesitation to move forward since. But we will be getting graphic novels at one point, yes. I'm pretty sure, which uh, is another part of our podcast here is would the um, Avatar The Last Airbender comics slash graphic novel be considered manga because of the style? More on that later. But <laughs> right now, uh, I want to tack on one more uh Western animation influenced by anime, and I mean, it's pretty dang clear how influenced it is, and that's Mm -hmm. Ruby, which is the uh, series produced by Rooster Teeth. Uh, Really great series. We just had the premiere of uh, the first episode of Volume 4, and the internet kind of blew up for a minute. But um, it's interesting because it's 3D models in a 3D space, but it's very much anime girls in very anime girl outfits uh, fighting things in a very shonen-esque way. And it's gotten to the point where uh, it has been exported to Japan. Oh. And mm-hmm. they watch it over there, and they're uh, going to produce a manga for it as well. So, oh. Yeah. Well. Nice. Uh, that's which, usually it's the other way around. Exactly. Isn't that uh, I've never heard of Japan of looking events? at one of our animations and being like, hey... We want that. Like, we terribly want that. Like, of course, Avatar The Last Airbender and everything yeah. was exported. But, like, I've never heard of a Eastern-style Western animation yeah. being exported to Japan. It's especially interesting because it's kind of an underground thing. It wasn't produced by this big known production house. It was produced by Rooster Teeth, who, although is huge now... At the time that Ruby premiered, it was it was kind of an underground thing. It was kind of like an in-house production. It was an in-house production. It still is an in-house production, which is amazing for the scale of what they do. Um, and uh, especially it's interesting that they do the 3D models while still achieving the anime style. I mean, again, they don't do sweat drops near as often, but, you know, there's like the reaction lines and like people rubbing the back of their heads because no one actually does that in real life. They only do it in anime, that kind of thing. So it's, yeah, it's super fascinating to me that, uh, A, it succeeded the way it did in being uh, anime-esque, and B, uh, it succeeded so much that it is now in Japan. Mm -hmm. So I guess the central question I have about uh, these three series that definitely get anime right, I'm going to quote-unquote that, I'm... That's my opinion, but uh, I think they get anime right. Uh, it's a popular opinion. Yeah, yeah, not an unpopular opinion. Um, are they anime? Mm, well, the definition of anime is just cartoons, basically. Yeah. It's so. animation, so kind of. So, like, anime in, in Japan, all animation is referred to as anime. So, Pretty much. South Park is an anime in Japan. <laughs> so, all these series, yes, are definitely anime to, in Japan, but do we consider so hard it in my head to, to, to be fair, South the South Park, Park anime. anime. To be fair, there were a couple episodes. Yeah, that's true. There <laughs> yeah. was there was an anime episode of South Park at one point. Oh, God. oh yeah, a, when they got the weapons, right? Yeah. yeah. And then, like, they all just became, like, buff characters in their imaginations, but still had, like, the same child voices. Yeah, yeah. which was wonderful. Yeah. I love that episode. It's a great episode. But... But then, so in Japan, it's kind of the blanket statement of, yeah, it's anime because any animation is anime in Japan. That's what the meaning of the word is. But in America, the way we view it, would we call Avatar, Teen Titans, Ruby a cartoon or an anime? I feel like here we just call it cartoons because over here in America, at least, like whatever's made in Japan, we call anime because they call it anime. And whatever we make here, we call just animation because it's animation. And it, yeah. it's it's cartoons because I think we call it cartoons mostly because a lot of the animated series that we see, including like, you know, not like not, you know, Eastern um, influence, but like, you know, Cartoon Network, it shows different animated series like Gumball and um, Adventure Time and regular show and everything, as well as um, like sometimes like Teen Titans and everything and oh Teen, Teen Titans, Titans go. go and we do not speak of this <laughs> so I feel like 
we call it call them cartoons because you know that's just a cultural thing like over there it's like oh we've animated this it's anime right and i feel like when like a lot of people here have grown up knowing that okay well if it's like an animation of a manga then it's anime but if it's you know in a book it's manga so i think that's the cultural thing that we sort of associate it with yeah. if it's japanese it's anime but really if we drew the same exact thing here it would be called cartoons, I right. think. So there's the argument then that uh, people say that things like Avatar shouldn't be called a cartoon because it is so stylistically like an anime and it's different from like even uh, Adventure Time. Although Adventure Time has definitely gone beyond being LOLXD random mm-hmm. humor and yeah. gotten some plot up in there. Like oh, yeah. Holler at Stakes, the Stakes series, <laughs> amazing. Uh but it it is so stylistically and in genre different from traditional American quote unquote cartoons. Well, I mean the animation style cartoons will always be changing, and there'll always be like different styles for different shows. That's just a thing. So I guess it is just reasonable to call it cartoons, even if it does sort of draw influence from other sources. Because I feel like you could. Uh, call series like Sailor Moon and One Piece and Dragon Ball Z cartoons. Oh my gosh, Mom, it's called an anime. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a cartoon, it's an anime, Mom. <laughs> but but I, I do feel like that they can also be like called cartoons because I feel like cartoons is is anime. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's kind of like being lost in translation. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like anime equals Japanese cartoons mm-hmm. and it's like that's essentially what it is um, and if you want to get more specific and like genre specific then you you have to denote as much with like it's a shonen anime it's mm-hmm. a shoujo anime yeah. because I think we're talking about the uh, art as a whole versus specific series yeah so yeah I definitely agree with uh, that. It's, they're cartoons when they're in America, but when they're produced by Japan, it's anime. Um, that's just kind of how I've grown up with it. But I, I definitely see the side of the argument where people are like, Mom, no, it's an anime. <laughs> you Which, know, it's just it's just dialect right now. That's all it is, and that's how we'll call it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people will know what you're talking about either way. Pretty much. Uh, the general style uh, image that they have in their head. So... Uh, We've talked a lot about ones produced by America. There's also uh, another country that has very much uh, established itself as A, being fans of anime, and B, being fans enough to produce their own quote-unquote anime-like series. Um, And that's France, surprisingly enough. I guess that doesn't have to be a surprising thing, but I just didn't see that coming. Uh, So, like... Totally spies from mm. our childhood. Yeah. That was, I didn't know that was French. It was French originally. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I, yeah. Dummy team's pretty good on you know French cartoons, but when it comes to anime, you know sometimes they can mess up. Yeah, it's funny because it's it's a French show taking a British concept of like Bond girls mm-hmm. uh, and making them and American, making, it, making them American in a Japanese styled mm-hmm. cartoon, and, like, <laughs> and not just not just like. Not just like, you know, normal, like, quote, normal um, American girl, but almost like that L.A. Valley, Valley exactly. girl, yeah. That's American. definitely um, Clover. Yes, was, oh, Clover. Yeah. Clover. Yeah, they all got those, you know, nice little gadgets, but, they're act- but they actually just kind of like look, look like makeup things and purses and whatnot. I like the lipstick blazer. Yeah, and then, of course, one. you know, their outfits, you know, they're very thin, tall girls. And then, of course, you know, they have very... Like tight skin fitting, yeah, and and, a, and they have and, heels. Know. Yeah, they, and, and you those know those were needed. <laughs> obviously, <laughs> it's an instant weapon. No. Yes. It's totally practical. Well, everyone knows why they made them. It's because it makes action look cooler. True. Yeah, yeah you totally. Can't be running around in sneakers. That's just going to be super boring, and you're going to lose half your audience instantly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then wasn't uh, Code Lyoko also a uh, French animation? Yes. Code Lyoko. Yes. Code Lyoko. Oh my gosh! Not I only did that, uh, yeah, like not only did that do like the anime style, but also tried to do a two D to three D style. Yeah, yeah. it, it, it transitioned there. It was kind of weird. It, it like back really then, it was weird. like amazing. It but was now. Yeah, it was. Like, it looked good back then, but nowadays, both styles look weird. 
Well, I, feel. I mean, when you lo- when I used to watch it when I was younger, I remember being very confused as to why it went from like really beautiful 2D animation to this weird CGI world and because like it's the digital they, they world. changed and like I look at it now and it's still really really beautiful. It's an awesome concept, but the CGI definitely aged really really bad. Yeah. It's the digital world. <laughs> Digimon, Digimon, Digital Monster. I still can't believe that was made by Japan. I feel like that should be an American-made anime. No, Digimon was great. I, I thought Digimon I, I'm was I'm not saying great. it's bad, but it always kind of rubbed me the wrong way because I was a huge Pokemon fan. At least Digimon oh, wasn't yeah. Bakugan. Uh, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, we need to stray off this topic and get back yeah. on track. Yeah, let's let's get back here. So um, another French-made uh anime-inspired cartoon, I guess that's what we're going to be calling it, is uh, Martin Mystery, oh, which I don't mm. really remember anything from, except I there do. was a caveman. Yeah, I, I just remember there was some guy, and there was a lot of green slime and stuff. So, basically... And, and some, like, floating dude or something. Basically, Martin Mystery was Martin, you know, this this actually a very ditzy, not all that smart um, blonde guy with, I believe, his stepsister, Diana, who was mm-hmm. smart, you know, well aware of herself she's brown hair and then they had the caveman and their mother they were <laughs> agents they were agents for their mother just their mother not like no father was really introduced mm-hmm. who like they worked in a, in this organization that like would investigate like paranormal and like monster occurrences and like real actual like creepy stuff that was going on yeah. like um and that's how they found the caveman and why the caveman uh, came with them all the did time. Did they like thaw a caveman? Yeah, they thawed a caveman by accident, Oops. and then how do you thaw a caveman by accident? <laughs> and it then ha- like uh, there was an episode yeah, where um, they had to deal with real actual vampires, and Martin turned into a vampire. So Diana and and the caveman who are his name isn't Chewy, but I feel like it starts with like a like Chaka or something. Yeah, and so like you know, there's an episode about that, and of course, you know, Martin's always immature and like not really looking at stuff seriously, and Diana is, and like it it was a really, it was a really almost I want to say scary animation for like younger kids because I remember seeing it when I was younger and just being like, oh my god, this is really creepy. It was like a higher level Scooby Doo, maybe. Yeah, like like it was it was a teenager Scooby Doo without the dog okay. and also, like the caveman, and caveman is, instead. Also, the caveman is named Java. Oh. Java. Java. I don't know where I Does got Chaka from. I don't know. It sounds like a caveman thing. It could <laughs> Chaka. be just a general guttural sounding that's, thing. That's what I'll name mine. When, when I, you get when, one, when, when I you get accidentally one. thaw one, as mm-hmm. one does. When I get my own caveman, his name will be uh, like frozen latte or something. Frozen latte, <laughs> yeah. frappuccino, frappuccino will be mine. Yeah, <laughs> we got Java, frozen pumpkin latte. spice. I don't know. I'll name him pumpkin spice. Oh my spice. gosh, that's wonderful, mm-hmm. beautiful. You're gonna make the caveman spice girls. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, let's let's do that. Let's make that in an anime. Anyways. And, uh, anyways, so uh, <laughs> last French uh, Western uh, animation that's obviously anime inspired, uh, The Miraculous Ladybug is a 3D animation um, and it's it's great. It's fantastic, mm-hmm. but it's very magical girl in its sense. Uh, she like transforms in like a Sailor Moon esque kind of sequence, and she becomes a uh, ladybug, and she fights crime and stuff. Doesn't uh, she fight it with like the cat guy? Yeah, like La Chat no- uh, Noir. I can't <laughs> French at all, but yeah. the black cat yeah. guy. Um, black cat. And of course, they're friends in real life, but they don't realize it because. Uh, you know, yeah, masks yeah. hide everything. Apparently, those apparently. darn masks that only cover the eyes. Like, yeah. hey, you have the same exact hair as my friend. You sound and act just like her. Yeah. <laughs> what are the odds? Weird. <laughs> this Who stuff knows? happens all the time. Oh well, just forget it. Who knows? But it's a really, really uh, higher level. I feel like uh, it definitely pushes the plot more than like. Uh, gags and such Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. and it definitely looks more like a modern anime versus like what we've been talking about felt kind of like you know mid 2000s anime where it was still spiky haired protagonist Mm -hmm, very mm -hmm. uh, shonen inspired instead of getting softer into the shoujo side which uh, the Marcus Ladybug I think does and I like it a lot 
And shout from out what I've seen about it. It kind of like the seriousness of it. Like it has some gags, but it's still pretty serious regarding like the characters in the story. And it reminds me of this like this uh, animation. I mean, it's Japanese, but um, it came out in two thousand. Like mm-hmm. uh, the manga and the book, and it's called Nana. Oh uh, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It deals with. I feel like that anime really really deals with a lot of serious uh topics but still really lighthearted and like fun and i feel like the miraculous ladybug does that really well yeah yeah that was nana was the only example i could think of the other day when we were talking about uh different genres of anime Mm -hmm. on uh an episode that everyone listening should go listen to also (laughs) um and we were talking about uh so the different genres like shoujo shonen Mm -hmm. And then there's the uh, sign-in, which is, like, the more gritty anime that we're used to. And then along with that being, like, a higher-level shonen, there's the higher-level shoujo, which is uh, josei. And Nana was the only josei I could really yeah. think of. It's more aimed at, like, women our age, like, in our 20s mm-hmm. versus uh, teenage girls with shoujo. Yeah, and it deals, with, it, like, deals with a lot of very deep, deep topics. And I feel like... Uh, a lot of animations nowadays don't really do that. And, you know, this was back in a time before, you know, all this technology and all this just, like, other deep, really hard-to-tackle topics. And yeah. it, oh, I love that animation. Yeah. So I think uh, especially uh, cartoons that are influenced by anime definitely try to use that to their advantage by delving into deeper topics which anime often does it's not all slapstick as we're kind of uh we stereotypically come to expect from cartoons um but i think western animation that's trying to be anime fails when it does just try to be slapstick and hilarious and then we have creations like kappa mikey oh That was quite the thing back in the day. I remember seeing Kappa Mikey, and I just thought, this is just melting my brain. So it's the best way to describe it is imagine someone and like like Nick was like, let's make an anime show, and they're like, what's an anime? And it's like, I don't know, but my son likes Dragon Ball, so I bought this book on like how to draw anime characters. Let's just follow this. Learn a little bit about Japanese culture, the bare minimum, anime. you know, <laughs> and then boom, we got it. Yeah. So. And let's throw this weird, not so smart American guy in there in a different animation mm. style. Yeah, in a quote unquote American animation style compared to what looks like someone's notebook drawings from oh, middle yeah. school. Like the lines are so thick. With like, with like the really weird like backgrounds. Oh yeah. So Kappa Mark, uh, Kappa Mikey, which is a play on. Kapamaki, which is a type of sushi, and I don't think anyone got that joke. No. No one got that no, joke. No kid um, in America would get that joke. No. Uh, it was marketed as the first anime to be produced entirely in the United States. Mm, it shows. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anime in the English is generally reserved for animation originally produced for the Japanese market in this Wikipedia page, it's saying. Uh it uses Japanese animation and culture as inspiration for its concept rather than being quote-unquote true anime. As a matter of fact, the series is a homage slash parody of Japanese anime. Uh. Uh, so <laughs> when, when we're we saying won't. it uses like anime aspects, so it's, the, it's this guy who's in kind of a clean animation form. Like, I'm not mad at that uh, animation style that the main character, Mikey, is in. It's a unique animation style. Yeah, Mm. and it works. It it, uh, moves very fluidly, which Mm -hmm. I admire, especially for something that came out then. I can't say I like it, but, you know, it gets the job done. Yeah, but then the problem is around him is all these other characters who are, quote-unquote, anime and their lines are very, very thin, and it just kind of looks They're like... More they look more yeah. They just look like doodles. Like, I remember I was watching a bit of it, and, like, some guy did, like, the big old, like, like expressing face where it's, like, his head expands, and, like, his mouth gets, like, really big, half, his, half the size of his face, and, like, the lines sort of cross between each other. Yeah, it's it's... It's trying to do a style very specific to mid-90s anime. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that we probably saw a lot with like Dragon Ball and like some of the original things that uh, people got into when they were like, oh my gosh, anime is a thing. Yeah. But and then just ended up looking like Crayon Shinchan. It yeah, it looks kind of like Crayon Shinchan. Uh, yeah. Definitely. Uh, it's just every five seconds, it's trying to utilize an anime reaction. So someone's head blows up. And their mouth becomes 90% of their face. Um, sweat drops everywhere. People mm-hmm. falling down, like when there's a baka, yeah. uh, that kind of thing. And just kind of joking on anime as a whole, because there's like, we have this typical, like, a Sindure character, which mm-hmm. is the main girl whose name is Lily. Is she supposed to be Japanese? I never understood that. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I think she's supposed to be Japanese, but I've never heard of a of any one of of that yeah being called lily mm-hmm. yeah and then there's it's the like... other girl who's like more uh she kind of instantly has a crush on our main character mikey so she's more like she the ignored blushing anime girl her, I... her name is mitsuki which, which is more japanese yeah, yeah. But then there's the other male character which is uh gonard <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then there's a little uh, Pikachu-esque purple guy named Guano. Oh. Yeah. It's like, it's He's like... like the Danny DeVito of the series because he yells hot. <laughs> Man, it's like Kappa Mikey, this, this American goes to Japan, and he has the best look in the world because everyone in Japan speaks English. Oh, yeah. And he doesn't have to learn Japanese at all. Yeah, no. Of course they do. Everyone just has, like, really easy to remember English-sounding names. Yeah, it's and like, he, he instantly... Hey, Gonard. It's popular. Guano. Guano. Lily. Oh, my gosh. Miski. Why was she even in that show? I don't... I never saw the reason to have another girl in that show. Like, not to be sexist, but, like, she, I just don't remember doing her doing anything, anything I don't know. important. At one point, I, it's either Mikey or her. They have, like, a little uh, fantasy moment where they imagine um, them getting together and having oh, kids God. together. And it's just this terrible amalgam of, like, one kid has anime eyes, one has, like, just, you know, circle Cat- dot eyes. Face. Yeah. Essentially just switching the animation styles. I think I know what they were trying to achieve in being like, look at our animation. It's so different. But instead, they were just like, Japanese anime is so ridiculous. Man, I hate to say this, but Drawn Together did it a lot better. Drawn Together did it a lot better. And I hate saying that. Anyway. I don't hate saying that, but uh, <laughs> anyway. I mean, when you come out to Kappa Mikey. Kappa Mikey. Kappa Mikey's terrible. I'm Let's so just glad Kappa Mikey like, went under the rug. Yeah, it had two whole seasons, 52 episodes. 52 episodes? 52 episodes. That's more than a lot of anime have. Right. It's kind of amazing. And that's offensive to me. Right. It's it's kind of amazing, Uh, especially because it was really kind of cheaply produced. Oh, yeah. Uh, And just kind of thrown up there. It literally just looked like someone trying to combine two different people's art onto a cohesive background Mm -hmm. that wasn't cohesive at all. But um, I think there's a couple examples that do it slightly better mm-hmm. uh, because they're not so on the nose about anime. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> um, we have, so there, it was never released for good reason. Um, but there was a pilot episode for a uh, Nicktoons series, I believe. Uh, mm-hmm. It was produced by the same people who made Angry Beavers if you guys oh, remember that, remember get on the nostalgia yeah, train a little anime. bit. Yeah, it was great. Is it, Angry Beavers is my favorite anime. <laughs> but uh, nah, I still no. like that show. Um, and Liked. I haven't seen it in a while. Imagine Angry Beavers with anime eyes. Oh my gosh! What's not kawaii? <laughs> but, kawaii Beavers. So these producers, instead of making more Angry Beavers, produced Constant Pain. Pain with P A Y N. Uh, so like Max Payne. Max Payne. It's this girl and her father in a vaguely steampunky futuristic world where airships are the main mode of transportation. Mm-hmm. And yeah. her father's some kind of scientist that creates stuff. And he has an evil brother. Um, and she's, you know, a sassy teenager that likes, Dad, I'm late for school again. Why won't you let me drive me? Uh, Daddy, so, I want to drive the airship. Yeah, essentially. Um, but all this is heavily, heavily stylized after Cowboy Bebop. Oh. Yeah. Like, to the point that the entire theme song uh, 
part is like it's jazz, like yeah. the kind of jazz that you would find maybe on like a royalty-free website. Oh. <laughs> uh, and like the colors that it's trying to do, like it's, you know, doing the color wash that it does on the bebop theme. It's just very obviously. Oh. And like them yeah. like climbing into ships and flying off. It's so cowboy bebop. It's cowboy bebop, but with kids and airships instead of spaceships. And a sassy so, teenager. So it's less, so it's basically <laughs> a really less cool version of cowboy bebop. Yeah. Like I definitely see the homage that they were trying to pay. It might have worked better if it had just been like, a little bit, but even in like the action sequences, yeah. there was like someone was paid to play the Cowboy Bebop theme slightly differently in the background. <laughs> like, just make it a little different. Like, not so that it's noticeably different because we don't want it to be noticeably different. Uh, yeah, so if you want to check that out, it's fairly cringy. Uh, definitely looks like someone got a hold of a How to Draw Manga book oh, and God. just Not went with bad. it. Um, yeah, the animation is admittedly pretty fluid for what it is. It reminds me a lot of like the X Men animation, which I'm uh, I enjoyed and still think maybe doesn't hold up entirely, but it's not terrible. No. Yeah, it's not um, bad by any means. I feel. I just the style. I can't. Yeah, I it's, cannot. It's just that it's kind of anime fusion style. That's weird. That's trying too hard. Mm-hmm. So, and I think the most guilty uh, series we have here though is Monsuno which uh, was definitely under the radar for me. I had to look up what it was, but once I found out what it was, it was like, wow, really? You you got that desperate for money and you made this thing. So Monsuno is uh, basically, so you know how Yu-Gi-Oh! It started out as a manga. That mm-hmm. was crazy, crazy yeah. manga, pretty good manga. I love really? that manga. And then it turned into an anime. And with the anime, we got the actual cards, which yeah. turned into yeah. a very, very lucrative business for Konami. Yeah, they turned one plot point, and they turned one just like kind of a pretty important like plot arc in the manga, and they turned it into this series, like this full blown out series with the cards and stuff, and then that just went off to be its own thing. Yeah. And basically ate up the Yu-Gi-Oh name. Yeah. Instead of, you know, the really uh, plotty and wonderful series that Yu-Gi-Oh's is, uh, we instead got the American-produced Monsuno, which was created by Jack's Pacific, like the toy company, Mm -hmm. and the Topps company. Um, It's kind of just a blatant cash grab of using uh, monsters, card battles, and spiky-haired protagonists. And that's fine. It's mm. been done before. But instead of being like, you know, woo, anime, we're, look how ridiculous we are. We're going to have funny reactions mm-hmm. in between our serious battles. It was serious 100%. It was like, this is life or death situations. Oh, my gosh, guys. If we, don't win this card game. Game. if we don't win this heart card game, we'll be sent to the Shadow Realm, which is actually death. Like that <laughs> we'll kind of thing. We'll blow you to another dimension. Yeah, yeah. I, I had read somewhere that the Shadow Realm wasn't a thing. They they literally just died. Yeah. And that, like, four kids and everyone else had, like, invented the Shadow Realm to basically avoid saying that Dead. they died. Yeah. And I was like, but but the Shadow Realm sounded pretty bad anyway. Yeah, it really did. I was like, I got the impact of that. No one wants to go there. But then it was, like, adding on death on top of oh, that. Yeah. Dang. But yeah, so we have Monsuno. Definitely Monsuno doesn't sound. Admittedly, its style uh, choices look a lot more modern than a lot of the uh, things we've been looking at. It does look yeah. pretty modern, but I mean, I feel like animations just fail one hundred percent if you you're serious all yeah. the time throughout it. You, you, there has to be that. You have to have some uh, sort of break in there. Blue. Yeah, it's all just blue. It's just blue. It's so blue. Blue monsoon. 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 Blue monsoon. Yeah, there it's we a go. monsoon of blue. I don't know what monsoon is supposed to translate as either. It sounds like monsoon. Yeah, like it, it really just does. it just took mon for monster and then suno because it sounds Japanese. I don't know. There we go. Exactly. Monsuno. I cracked the code. You cracked the code of monsoon. Now we can abuse the code. There's your prize. Abuse it. <laughs> So along with, uh, you know, animation series trying to be anime, we have comic series trying to be manga, which I think is a lot more, A, achievable, but at the same time then be prolific when it fails. And it, boy, does it fail. Yeah. So 
Um, original English language manga, or OEL, has pretty much happened since uh, the late 90s onward. Um, it at first was being called, especially by uh, Tokyo Pop, uh, Amerimanga. Amerimanga. Uh, Amerimanga. Just, uh, Amerimanga. Just, Amerimanga. Yeah. Rolls While off the tongue. It, it kind of actually it? does. Five whole syllables. Isn't it great? Amerimanga. But uh, as we know, the actual definition of manga is comics produced in a certain style in Japan mm-hmm. as like the same uh, thing that we have going on with anime. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's really right to call it a manga then. Um, even if it's written, you know, uh, backwards to front, as it were, mm-hmm. um, as we perceive it anyway, and in that very particular style, uh, I just, I just don't really agree I would, with that. I one. would consider it more comics, like ag- again, a cultural thing, because like even if it is written backwards to you know forwards, it's still American. It's American produced. It's it's a comic. It's yeah. a backwards comic. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've read comics online, and those are technically like a manga, as it would be because it draws a lot of styles from like manga. But you know, I don't think of it as manga. I just think it's like it's a comic. Yeah. The the inspiration is unmistakable in some mm-hmm. of these. Um, but at the same time, then there, uh, we have the issues where it's so unmistakable that it's plagiarism. So I don't know if either of you remember, but um, when Bleach was in its heyday. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick Simmons, son of Gene Simmons, also known as, you know, the front man for Kiss. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. They they had that TV series for a while, and Nick Simmons was always just like, whatever, I'm too cool for this, Dad. I'm, I'm so awesome. He was that guy. <laughs> uh, but he wanted to produce his own comic series, and he did, mm-hmm. uh, which was fine. But then the problem arose in which he was pretty much blatantly tracing panels from Bleach and putting it into his comic and using, like, the same plot devices. Oh, God. (laughs) Like, if you look it up, just, like, Nick Simmons' plagiarism, side by side, it's incredible that he thought that no one was going to realize that or call him out on that. (laughs) Just because you're in America and your daddy is Gene Simmons does not mean that you can just blatantly trace Bleach and be fine. And he kept saying, like, it's paying a homage. It's paying homage to Tite Kubo, you know, the uh, mangaka of Bleach, who was working incredibly hard because mangakas in Japan, that's that's their life. Like, I'm pretty sure the creator of Bleach is going to work until he's literally dead and then maybe a little bit more after that. The mangaka of Naruto literally just drew naruto for the past 15 years and then after he was done was like oh it's popular (laughs) yeah it's like you you don't have any life outside of that yeah i think like once once you become a mangaka that's 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 your job i I think that there should be a level of respect associated with that i think there is nowadays yeah definitely now but i think that in America, we don't have that same, mm-hmm. especially for comic artists. We're like, oh, you can get to draw things. I think the only so, comic artist that we really deserve that respect for is Stanley. Yeah, that's Just because we know <laughs> of like so many different IPs mm-hmm. that he was the granddaddy of. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. it's like who Alan Moore. Yeah, really. I I really I honestly don't know those mm. guys who tried to make Captain America a Nazi. Oh my gosh, really, though, that was my favorite thing to ever happen with Captain America. But so uh, when original English language manga started getting popular, uh, Tokyo Pop, which usually does translation uh, publishing for various properties from Japan, uh, signed on a couple people that we and from that we got uh, Night School, which was actually a series that I kind of liked. I read, I think, the first three uh, volumes and it was fine. It was very much obvious that it was trying to be anime or trying to be manga rather, mm-hmm. um, but it was more subtle about it. It was mm-hmm. more plot focused than gag focused. But then we have uh, Va- I still don't know how to say it. Van Hunter Vaughn or Van Von Hunter. I think, I it's think it Van is Van Von Hunter. Van Von Hunter, which is the dumbest name ever. I did not think that that was possibly the way it could be. Um, so I read it, Van Von Hunter. Van Von Hunter, really, really though. But oh, wow. uh, so we got Van Von Hunter, which was a uh, 
series produced by uh, Tokyo Pop, and it was very trying to be shonen. Oh. Uh, you know, it was spiky-haired protagonist mm-hmm. and a lovely lady sidekick. Of course. Um, and there were there were vampires. Mm-hmm. There were vampires that we were dealing with. Um, I really don't know uh, what was going on beyond that, but uh, it was very early two thousands. Oh, if that helps explain yeah, it. That, that, yeah, that explains it. Yeah, uh, it tried. It definitely tried. You can see some of its inspiration from like Final Fantasy, yeah. and uh, I think Yu Yu Hakusho was actually one of the inspirations. But um, when it's that obvious, it's like yeah. why why even try to emulate that style if you can't do it well? Mm-hmm. Is kind like of like I can argument. understand if you can do the style well, like emulate it, and then just be like, and then look at it and be like, oh yeah, that is pretty good. I don't understand why someone would try to you know emulate it and then it not be even close to the style that you're exactly. trying to achieve. Yeah. It's like you have to admit defeat at some point. Mm-hmm. So uh, during this podcast, we've mostly uh, talked about how influenced uh, America is by Japan, but the vice versa happens as well. And we have uh, some series that were originally Western properties that were adopted by Japan and made into anime there, which then it's very much anime because mm-hmm. it's being produced by Japan. Uh, some of that includes like there was an X-Men series mm-hmm. um, that mm-hmm. I thought was pretty good. Again, it was pretty early 2000s in its style, but I liked it. Um, we had the Animatrix Oh, the Animatrix, the, which, the Warner Brothers. Yeah, ones. which yeah. was produced for Western audiences but in wasn't mind. Wasn't that the Animaniacs, mm-hmm. not the Animatrix? The Animatrix was like the Matrix. But it was an anime. But an anime. And I think also an anthology. It was an anthology series oh, okay. of like the Matrix. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think the Animaniacs were in that, were in that at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, maybe not. Maybe just a, a maybe sudden were, appearance Maybe there. they're a cameo. Yeah, a cameo. Yeah, it's, like, it's like finding Squidward in a Grand Lagoon. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> wonderful. Uh, and then we had uh, Powerpuff Girls Z, which was Powerpuff Girls as a magical girl anime. It's what Craig McCracken always wanted. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it honestly is pretty cute in its style. Let me, like, pull it up here. Uh, but it was kind of like a blatant, like... Wow, this is really Powerpuff Girls. What? <laughs> Wait a minute. Powerpuff Girls. Yeah. I didn't even uh, know there was a Powerpuff Girls Z. I mean, they're they go beyond like their little chibi oh forms and <laughs> oh they're like goodness. fully formed young ladies and they transform in a very they, uh, they develop to look like humans. Yeah. Um from what I've seen from it, it's actually a pretty good series. Oh. Uh it's it's really mm. not that bad, but it's just kind of funny that I guess it didn't originally come from come from Japan. It looks like a thing that was an original Japanese property. Huh. Um, you wouldn't be able to tell if you weren't aware of uh, Powerpuff Girls originally. Um, there was an Iron Man anime series, like getting more serious into it. I remember mm-hmm. an Iron Man series being I, a thing, but I, I watched the trailer for that, and it looks really good. Yeah, actually, I'm, it's it. Definitely I really want to watch that right now. A good one. Um, Wasn't it like a teenage Tony Stark? Uh, no, or actually, it's just it's Tony, Tony Stark. Stark. There's just so many uh, different superhero animations. Like, when you say the X-Men animation, I can't pinpoint which one. Yeah, Because I've seen be so many, many different, different ones. ones. They, it, they just keep doing the series over until I don't works. know why. That, why? That, that trailer I watched was honestly kind of funny, though, because, like, you have, like, Tony Stark Iron Man, and it looks like Tony Stark Iron Man, and it's like, it's Tony Stark Iron Man. And then, like, they're what looks like the bad guy. He just looks like stereotypical anime bad guy, with like the evil like long coat and we and weird hair and like wicked smiles. Like, yes, yes, good, it's me, good, anti Tony Stark. <laughs> but and then Bologna uh, Stark. Finally, we have uh, well, not finally, but one of my favorites was Supernatural the animation. When I say my favorites, I couldn't watch it because I was just so used to. Supernatural, the TV show, Mm -hmm. versus Supernatural, the animation, which was surprisingly produced by Studio Bones. So um, a lot of great anime series is originally produced by that, I think. Mm -hmm. Was that Death Note? That might have been Death Note. It's got a very... Studio Bones. No, it was Madhouse that I'm thinking of. So Supernatural, the animation was produced by Madhouse, amazingly enough. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And it's definitely got that Death Note style to it. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think it works for that particular series. But, Especially uh, for everything that goes on in it. Yeah. It All it did really was kind of like redo the first season. So mm-hmm. um, I, I wasn't really hooked by it. But it did add in some of its own quirks and weird things. Like yeah. the, racist, uh, the racist truck episode was instead a homophobic truck episode. Oh. Um, so they had a really interesting version of what, uh, the animators thought was a campy gay character. (laughs) Um, either way, I, I recommend more the abridged animation for Supernatural. It's hilarious. It it really is hilarious. so good. The abridged animation is beautiful. Um, and then one of the, probably the most recognizable original, uh, Western property, especially because it's Disney, Stitch was Stitch. turned into Stitch with an exclamation point, Stitch. the anime. And it has this interesting thing where it tries to utilize both the original, uh, like, softer animation that we associate with Stitch and then also being anime. Like, at one point, there's... So, like, the main girl that's with Stitch, it's no longer Lilo, which breaks my heart. Why um, would it not be Lilo? Lilo grew up and Stitch went to a different island. But... In but, Japan this time, but I, I don't, I don't like it. Yeah, plot, <laughs> plot doesn't really I, make I sense. Know. It no. was meant to be a children's show versus anything taken seriously at this point. Never so leave it's Lilo. So it's, it, I feel like it's kind of non-canon. But uh, that's like, okay. Jumba and Pleakley are there at some point too, and, and they're they, they're very much in their original style. Yeah, but then they look the same. Yeah, but then they're next to this girl that looks like she's from uh, like, Miyazaki. She looks she, like May from. My neighbor Totoro. She looks like she came straight from Ponyo, that yeah. same island. Yeah, the same island. Um, Very Stitch costume. And then, and then suddenly out of nowhere, there's this older, rich girl who looks like uh, the most anime girl ever, like with the really exaggerated eyes, and her hair is like done up incredibly, and it's just stark against. Uh, this very softer animation background. I don't know what they were trying to achieve. I don't think they achieved it, though, unless they were trying to terrify its audience and make them sad because Lilo wasn't there. Huh. I was sad. Yeah, uh, it, it just doesn't make sense to me to yeah. not have Lilo. Yeah, so I think I think Japan failed on that one. Um, but that's that's not to say that they inherently fail on animation. I think I feel mm-hmm. like they have a better track record in oh, taking yeah. Western properties than... Yeah. Uh, no, don't feel it? Uh, no, I was agreeing. Oh, was, okay. It was just really low energy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I feel like for every 100 good animations that Japan has, there's one bad one. Oh, yeah. So, or like one, not like inherently bad one, but just one like... Weird eh. one. It's like really sinks bad. Yeah, like it's not a complete failure, but you're like, oh, we thought you'd you'd succeed more than you did, but you didn't. That's yeah. okay. You're the chosen one. I definitely <laughs> have lower expectations when it comes to Western animation as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But... I am often surprised by uh, those animations exceeding my expectations and being awesome. Like Adventure Time eventually got mm-hmm. there. and um, Regular show. Regular show definitely got there. Steven Universe as well. Steven Universe. Okay. I was always... <laughs> Like from the first episode on, I was like, "This is amazing." See, I was, I was, I got onto the Steven Universe uh, bandwagon when I was on Tumblr, and I just—that was all Tumblr was—was Steven Universe, and I was like, "Fine, I'll look at this cartoon where there's weird space rocks or something." Yeah, and oh my goodness, and it was so much more than that. I Rebecca Sugar is amazing. She gets all the A pluses, and the fact that it's hand drawn, yeah, like you know, with everything becoming animated or CG. The fact that this is a hand-drawn cartoon still is... There's that much more effort put into it. Yeah, and it's the style is beautiful. Yeah. It's so artistic. The backgrounds are amazing. I... I, (laughs) Yeah, no, I feel it. Surprisingly enough, a show I have watched, but uh, it's not exactly my thing. I just watched it because I knew I would have to at some point. Like, that social stigma would... It definitely is to the point. It's like, have you seen Steven Universe yet? It's like, yes, I have. I love it to death. I I like it. That's all I can say. Cool. I can't say I love it. I can't say it's amazing. I can say it's good. You are the sinner once again. Uh, No, you're fine. (laughs) I didn't say I hated it. I just think there are some problems with it. It could be better. Yeah, I think... 
problems that uh, Western animation problems. run into in general, I think, is moving away from the hand-drawn uh, mm-hmm. style and trying to be like, we're going to push this and make it 3D. Sometimes that doesn't always work, and it ages a lot uh, less well, like we saw with um, Code Lyoko, mm-hmm. and it's half 3D. Also, I feel like... Um like even even if you know you are digitally drawing it like and it looks hand drawn, mm-hmm. you can tell the difference between drawing on like you know a ThinkPad or or the bamboos whatever they are. Yeah, I'm not an art person, but tablets, tablets, whatever. There's a difference between drawing on a tablet and drawing on a piece of paper, right? And scanning it in and and doing it hand drawn that way. It there's more substance with a hand drawn piece. Yeah, but. I want to make an episode out of that. (laughs) Definitely. Definitely. But this has been the episode over uh, all the things that we cringe at from coming from the West and all the things that we're pleasantly surprised with Mm -hmm. out of the West, like Avatar and Teen Titans. Uh, Yeah. yeah. I have been your host, Daily Wilhelm. Joining me today was the thoughtful. Cora Wilson. And the sinner. Adam. (laughs) (laughs) You're the sinner again. Once uh, again. Once again. Uh, Thank you for joining us. Be sure to check out all our other podcasts here at ByteDSU.com or check us out on our SoundCloud, Ball State Daily. And the same thing goes for our iTunes, uh, which you should definitely follow us on. Uh, Check out all the episodes of The Coven, The A-Team, and our various myriad other podcasts. Uh, Thanks for listening. Bye.